Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Do you have the popcorn out? Are you enjoying the show? What exciting times we're living in here on planet Earth. I mean, oh my gosh. Who'd have thunk that humanity, that the the whole of humanity on this planet would be going through such a transformational period of time? It's these are really quite exceptional times. And here you are, here I am. And we're in the thick of it. We're in the tsunami, so to speak, the karmic tsunami. It can be a a challenging time to be alive, and it can also be an exciting time to be alive. But all of our souls chose for us to be here at this time. The scheduled show tonight, Awakening to the Fifth Dimension with Kimberly Meredith. Kimberly has not called in yet, so we're going to see how this goes, but there's plenty to cover tonight. I want to talk about the ascension of consciousness, the ascension of the human genome, if you will. Don't you find it just a little curious that Western medicine says we use 10% of our brain and 90% of our brain is dormant? And they also say that we only use 10% of our DNA and 90% of our DNA is dormant. I'm no sproctologist, but those two seem to line up pretty closely. You know, it's easy to see the idea of evolution when we look at the notion of a caterpillar and a butterfly. Within the caterpillar, there's the DNA of the butterfly. And the caterpillar in and of itself doesn't show any traits of the butterfly until it goes through a metamorphosis. If we look at the evolution of consciousness as it relates to our human genome, I think humanity is moving into, well, it's quite clear, humanity is moving into a a higher vibration, a higher realm of consciousness. And how exciting is that? It's really not that long ago that all this change wasn't even on our radar, so to speak. I grew up, I was born in 1960, and, and the folks and whatnot came out of the 40s and 50s, and boy, was that uh, just a really cut and dried culture. Everything was black and white, so to speak. Everything was as it should be, so to speak. Everybody was on the same page. And it it didn't, um, I don't think it dawned on anybody 
just how powerful the the narrative of humanity was was going to get. Fast forward to here we are now in 2021, and it's quite evident that really the very fabric of our of our human nature is changing. And I think it's really, really quite exciting. When we talk about the notion of 3D, 4D, 5D, that right there wasn't even on the radar even a, a decade or two ago. How we experience our, our physical experience, how what life feels like to us, what life um, perhaps offers us, I think is going to get turned on its head. All our archetypes, all the notions that we have in the past about, quote, hero is, unquote, what a, a savior is, what a, a sage, a mystic, an alchemist. In the past, these were fringe aspects of society. The the rank and file citizen had no notion of being a sage or a mystic or a alchemist. And I suggest as our the vibration of our consciousness increases, that's the trigger mechanism, if you will, that starts the metamorphosis. In other words, at some point in the in the rodeo, the caterpillar gets the programming, and I don't think it comes out of its conscious mind, but it gets the programming to to go into a cocoon and start the metamorphosis. When we look at humanity, the the vibration, the vibration of the collective consciousness. Is, is rising. It's raising up. And the, the thing about consciousness is, I suggest to you, I suggest to you the most powerful substance on the planet is human consciousness. That'd be you. That'd be me. Well, wait a minute. Wait, wait, time out. There's we have saviors, we have deities, we have God, we have goddesses, we have archangels. How is it that the human persona is the most powerful substance on the planet? Well, for a couple of reasons. You can do really conservative math and recognize that Billions of prayers have been prayed over the centuries. God, goddess, in the suffering on the planet. God, goddess, in the war. God, goddess, free us from our suffering. So here we are, human beings, praying to these divine beings, these beings that we were taught were the were the power players in in the big scheme of things god is almighty powerful god is the creator and the destroyer god 
God can resolve anything in the flash of an eye. God has no boundaries. God, man, there's just nothing out of the reach of God. But it's quite evident God's not going to reach for anything. With billions of prayers prayed to the Almighty, zero times, zero times, has a glowing orb descended from the heavens and waved a magic wand and and silenced the guns of, of war. Zero times has a glowing orb, some deity, some god, some goddess, descended from the heavens. waved a wand, and the slums became palaces, and the unenlightened became enlightened. The big guys, powerful as they are in consciousness, they must have signed a hands-off clause or something because they're not going to reach over our shoulder and grab the steering wheel against our will. What's really kind of crazy is that the ego, our egos, is the lowest common denominator in this whole human rodeo. The fear of our egos, the, the insecurity of our egos, the lust for power of our egos. Our egos created a nuclear arsenal on the planet that could have obliviated all of life on the planet. We built out a mechanism that could have destroyed all of life on the planet. And God, goddess stayed on their thrones. We're given fierce, fierce free will. But yet, every single time that there's been a radical transformation of our human condition, there's been flesh and bones involved. There's been a human body. You have a body? You have a body? You do. You have a ticket. You're in the club. You're in the the power club. You can be a vehicle of the divine. Without that physical body, the power of the divine is inert. Wait, what? We're given fierce free will here on the planet. And, And the power to create or destroy has been allotted to our human form. Well, wait a minute. Isn't our isn't our saviors going to come save us? Aren't they the allotted big guys? Well, you know what? No. I don't think our saviors even want to save us. That's right. I don't think our saviors even want to save us. So think about this for a second. So let's go back in time. 
Jesus is on the cross. Now, I want to be very clear. Jesus is a very um, beautiful, powerful, magnificent persona. I'm, I'm not here to discount that whatsoever. But let's be clear. Just think about this with me for a minute. So Jesus is up on the cross. His days are numbered on the planet. Is he like just a gnat's ass from saving humanity? This is his first time around in the incarnation, and damn, he's up on the cross, and did he almost save us then? Well, pretty much no. When he was up on the cross, the Roman Empire was expanding their plans for war on the planet. The timeline, the narrative of the planet at the time was bigger and bigger wars, the expansion of suffering, the expansion of pain on the planet. Jesus had no no intention of being our, quote, savior, unquote, where he's going to go praying and we're saved. That's a crock. That's totally a crock. Is he... Is he off at super savior school? He's getting his wand calibrated. He's putting new batteries in his wand, and boy, howdy, when he comes back again, well, then, then he'll kick ass. And we can we can sip our drinks and watch Jesus save our asses. He's our savior, right? He's going to save our asses. That's bullshit. He never intended to save us. Not in that way. You will do everything that I have done and more. Instead of calling him a savior, let's call him an example or a teacher. You will do everything I have done and more. Are you expecting, you the listener, yes, I'm talking to you, when are you going to get around to this miracle thing? When are you going to get around to healing the sick? When are you going to get around to manifesting instantaneously? All the things that Jesus has done and promised us that we will too. Are those expectations for your life on the shelf? Are they in the back of your closet? They're not really in your everyday thinking, your everyday expectation. Where are you going to go with the evolution of your consciousness? What are you going to turn into? Who will you become? You want to see the savior of the world? There's an example of that when you look in the mirror. It's through our human persona. It's through our human genome that we're going to be our own saviors. Our saviors, the the traditional sense of saviors, don't want to save our fannies. They don't want to save us. They want us to stand up. They want us to embody our divinity. The Father and I are one now. The kingdom of heaven is within us now. 
Jesus the Savior said, you, you're going to do everything I'm going to do. So we're going to embody that, that Christ narrative, that Christ archetype, that Christ potential. He came as an example to show us what is possible in through the human form. So do you see yourself as a as a savior, as a Christ consciousness? Or have you been told that's blasphemy? Have you been told that well, hell, only God is the powerful one. If you're going to stand up and claim that you have some kind of divine power, well, that's flat-out blasphemy. Only God has the power. What kind of mindset is that? It's quite clear. It's vividly clear God's not going to come save our asses. And yet if there's a narrative or dialogue that says, Oh, wait a minute, young man. Don't get too big for your britches. You can't take on the notion of divinity. You can't take on the idea that you're the personification of divine potential. You can't take on the notion that you will become Christ, the personification of Christ the personification of Christ consciousness? Well, hell, that's the only thing that's going to save us. That's the only, that's the only narrative where, where we come out of this karmic tsunami. <laughs> and it's happening right before our eyes. We talk about the, the 3D, the 4D, the 5D, the dimensions the vibrational spectrums of consciousness, I suggest to you that the entire planet is entering a higher vibration. This is happening for a couple of reasons. The Mayan calendar said that in 2012, there it would be the doorway to a, to a new era the prophecy of a thousand years of peace on the planet, the prophecy of heaven on earth, has been woven in our religions and absolutely polluted and diluted in our religions. But in truth, the idea of heaven on earth is not only a probability, a possibility, but an inevitable aspect of the future of our humanity. We're hardwired. We've only activated 10% of our potential. And as the vibration of our consciousness goes up, it's going to reprogram our DNA. It's going to reprogram our brains. That, quote, dormant, or as <laughs> this makes me laugh, we're real smart scientists, and we're looking at the most phenomenal, exquisite design, the, the human body, the human persona. The fact that DNA even exists at all is a flipping miracle. The, the complexity 
the wisdom, the the design of the human persona is is far beyond anything our Western sciences could even come close to imagining, let alone creating. Our geneticists, it, um, you know, when a when a writer writes a book, they open a word processor, and in that moment, there's not a flipping character on the screen, not a one. It's a blank page. And writers write books by writing every single character. Every letter, every word, every sentence, every paragraph, every chapter, every book. It comes out of the writer, and we call them writers because they create the entire book. If our geneticists were truly expert in the genetic field, they could create organisms that don't exist. And I don't mean a single cell amoeba or something like that. I mean a, an extremely complex, like, it's, it's, it's laughable. Like a centipede is such a marvel of intelligence, such, such a marvel of genetics. But what does our genetic engineers do? They cut and paste. They don't, they don't write DNA from the beginning. They don't open a DNA editor and have a blank page and type every damn thing there. They don't, they don't, they don't. They're not experts. They're just not. Certainly we're learning a lot. And certainly I'm not discounting gen, uh, genetic engineering as some kind of a faux pas. It's part of our understanding. It, it's in the trajectory of us understanding the bigger picture of, of the notion of creation. But our geneticists talk like they've, they've got the Kool-Aid and just step back and watch the marvel and yet they're, they're nowhere near creating something from scratch let alone something of any kind of complexity. But you and I are the living organism of DNA. Our human genome, that 90% DNA that they call, quote, junk, unquote, how can they call any DNA junk? DNA is a marvel in and of itself. It didn't just fall out of the sky. It's there by design. That 90% of our brain, that 90% of our DNA that has yet to be activated, that's there for a reason, for a purpose. That's part of our evolutionary destiny if we choose to not destroy ourselves. And it looks like we are not going to destroy ourselves. As we raise our consciousness from 3D to 4D to 5D, it's that vibration of our consciousness. In other words, as we raise the vibration of our consciousness, those are the triggers that activate the dormant parts of our brain, the dormant parts of our DNA. And as we activate this enlightened, enlightened persona, as we activate the, the, the brilliant design of this, this dormant DNA, 
we as human beings become more conscious. We're moving more into alignment with the consciousness of God consciousness. So for you to be on the planet at this time and to become aware of what we're talking about now, you are the personification of the most powerful substance that can change the course of humanity. The big guns are not going to come down here and reach over our shoulders. It's going to be through the human persona, that be you, that be me. It's going to be through our human persona that we, the human beings, shift the narrative of the collective consciousness of the planet and move it on its divinely designed trajectory of the evolution of the human genome. We're already wired for it. It's within each one of us. And here we are now. How cool is that? How cool is that? We are souls that come on this planet for the human experience. We came here to master the art, and it certainly is an art, to master the art of being a human persona on planet Earth at this time. Wow. Wow, how cool is that? So, pinch your body, slap your body. Let me ask you something. Where were those atoms, the atoms that you just touched, where were they the day your mom and dad were making whoopee, getting it on, and and starting the creation of you? All the atoms in your body were part of Mother Earth before you were born. You put more atoms in your mouth every day, and you release a, a bunch out the back door every day, too. You, you replenish the atoms of your body by the natural process of living. You're a fountain of atoms that are constantly replacing themselves. How miraculous is that? <laughs> and, then, and then there's the notion of divine healing. Did Jesus heal the sick? Yeah, pretty much. So is it in your rapport to heal the sick? Mm, yes, he said we'd do everything and more, so that'd be a yes. Can you heal yourself? That would have to be a yes. It is done unto you as you believe. So whatever you believe, whatever you genuinely believe both consciously and subconsciously is available as an experience for you here on planet Earth. So let's talk a little bit about 5D. Let's 
talk about the higher realms of consciousness. I read a story quite a while ago about a a marathon. It might have been an Olympic race, but it was a race. Um, and it was an international race. And I know this, the story will be kind of vague, but the, the message won't be. So there was a country that was under great duress, and and the people of the country did not have any kind of idea of how their future was going to turn out. They were in great turmoil and, and great um, unrest. And the representative of their company, uh, country, pardon me, the runner, the athlete from their country, had entered the race. And he describes the experience of running the race and he said that an energy came over him that gave him more than normal energy, more than normal strength. He ran the race. He said as as he was getting close to the finish line that his consciousness rose up within him and he could see himself running and he saw all these different ways the race could end. In other words, from his consciousness, he rose up to that higher level, you perhaps could call it the soul's perspective. And from that higher realm of consciousness, there's all these different ways the race could end. He talks about seeing quite vividly how he could win the race, how he could lose the race. And him and or his soul chose the timeline that um, they decided on, and he went back into his body and won the race. Well, why do I bring that up? When you live in 3D, like we have for so many, for so many years, remember I talked about the 50s, how black and white that was, how the collective consciousness saw the timeline as some kind of a unified idea of what was going to happen, God, home, country, white picket fence. The guy working, the the gal staying at home, being a housewife, raising the kids. Kind of a plain vanilla view. What are the chances of a different outcome in that scenario? What are the chances that that narrative would change in a year or two? Not very likely, because the collective consciousness was kind of like a monolithic perspective. But now, look at what's going on. You know how powerful it is to be alive today? You know how powerful of an environment you live in? What if Leonardo da Vinci had a 3D printer? 
Would that have changed things where he could turn ideas over in a single day? You know, a hundred years is a blink of an eye in the timeline of humanity. If you go back a hundred or two years, really not very far, you go back to the, the days of the Old West, and you wanted to communicate with a scientist in London to even know the name of a scientist in London would be a miracle if, if you're li- I, I'm, I should quantify this, assuming you're living in the United States. So you're living in the West. You, you've somehow found out that there's a scientist on the other side of the planet, and you want to correspond with them. Or you're going to write down what you want to say on a piece of paper. Give it to a man on a horse. And he's going to ride away into the horizon. If you've thought of something else to ask him, too bad. Get another piece of paper. And then, who knows, weeks later... He receives that paper, he decides to return correspondence, and he writes down what he wants to say to you on a piece of paper. And weeks later it arrives to you. This isn't that long ago. Fast forward to now, to today. You know what powerful environment you live in? You can make a cup of coffee in the morning and sit down at your computer and research any library on the planet. A library is an archive of centuries of information. A library is an archive, a vault of centuries of information. You can video chat with any scientist on the planet right now. You can send them videos. You can send them drawings. You can send them three-dimensional models of, of what your concepts are. If you want to design something, you can make a prototype of it and print it out on a 3D printer today. You are the personification of the archetype of a savior. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm loosely implying how important you are. You are the personification of the Savior because it's not going to be some glowing, flipping orb. It's not going to be some god goddess. It just isn't. But it will be a human persona with flesh and bones with with consciousness that's being purified as you raise your consciousness from 3D to 4D to 5D. From that higher perspective, you can see new new narratives, new possibilities, new outcomes of how this race is going to turn out. You can be the vehicle of change for the planet. How cool is that? Do you know you have the best seat in the house? Wait, what? 
you, the listener, you right now, your physical body, this body of yours, this brain of yours, this consciousness of yours, this soul persona of yours, You have the best seat in the house right now. But, well, well, well wait, I'm, I'm seeing other people doing all this wonderful stuff. Okay, cool. You're seeing other people doing wonderful things. Heaven and hell exist right now today on this planet. The only time we're ever going to experience anything is in this eternal now. Heaven and hell is not a future thing. We'll never feel the future until it becomes the now. So the future doesn't really have anything to offer you but potential. When the quote future unquote arrives, it will be in this now. So here we are. It's now. How do you feel? How do you feel? Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you worried? Are you confident? Are you safe? Is the world dangerous? Whatever you believe you're creating. So in this now, whether you feel heaven or hell, it is you doing the feeling. It's your human vessel. This human vessel is how you experience life, period. Those people you're observing doing wonderful things, they have a body. They have a mind. They have a consciousness. They have a soul, and they're pursuing a trajectory that their soul intended for them to experience. And if you were to become that person, it would be in the body that you have now. The mind, the consciousness, the soul. Whether you experience euphoric accomplishments, wonderful success, bliss, ecstasy, nirvana, climax, it will all happen in the body that you have now. You have the best seat that you're ever going to get in this lifetime right now. Blossom where you're planted. If you're seeing people on the planet doing wonderful things and you would like to have those wonderful feelings, it'll be through the body, the mind, the consciousness, the soul of your persona right now. Nobody else has a better seat than you. Nice booty. Nobody has a better seat than you. You are the genome. You are the mechanism of the divine right now. With the, your, your existence is the vehicle of your experience. You want to have an exceptional life? Have exceptional confidence. Dream the big dream. Hone your consciousness. Clean your karma. Purify your personal energy persona. 
Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Pure. Jesus was with his buddies, and they go off into the side, and he's like, check this. And he turns into a, a being of pure energy, a being of light without a body. And then he returns to his body. A being of pure light. I had a moment in my life where my soul, I guess, decided to show me the the total realm of consciousness. What do I mean by that? Well, it's really quite very profound. My soul took me on a journey. I I didn't see it coming. I didn't know it was going to happen, but it did. And my my soul took my, I guess you would say, ego consciousness and just lifted it up, lifted it up, lifted it up, up and up and up and up and up and up until I was light, L-I-G-H-T. I, my soul took me to the light, to the non-local realm of consciousness, to source consciousness. Well, well, what do I mean by that? I had no body. I had no gender. There was no here. There was no there. There was, there was no duality at all. It's very hard to explain because it's a nonlinear experience and we talk in symbols with assigned meaning. And so to explain it, I would have to use symbols to point to a non-symbol event, if you know what I mean. It was the most beautiful light. To say that it felt wonderful would be an understatement. It was it was magnificent. It was glorious. There was no fear. There was no fret. There was no worry. It was it was a it was pure light. And then I returned back down, 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 back into my ego, back into my body. And I I think my soul did that to show me the total spectrum of consciousness, from source consciousness all the way down to the ego, from source consciousness all the way down to 3D. And my soul also did a curious thing in this lifetime. It put me in front of power. What do I mean by power? Well, I've been, I've been noodling for several months how to describe my relationship with power. <laughs> it's got some pretty funny stories. I say that in hindsight, but I would say my first experience with power came very unexpectedly. I was 13 years old or so. And this is a long time ago. This is back in vacuum tube days. The transistor stuff didn't exist yet. And I was, from from day one, I was interested 
in electricity and electronics. And my dad brought brought me a a big heavy um, receiver. Is AM and FM and shortwave. So it was a radio. It was very heavy. I mean, very heavy. A lot of iron. A lot of tubes. And he gave it to me to play with. And one Saturday morning, I put it on the couch, and I plugged it in, and I was going to hook up the speaker. And back then, the speaker was four wires for each speaker. Nowadays, it's only two wires. But what I didn't know at the time was two of those wires were hot. I mean, electrically, they were hot, very hot. And so I'm, I reach up to touch the wires, and boom, one second I'm leaning over the ra- radio about to hook the wires up, and a fraction of a second later, I'm laying on the floor on the other side of the room. The power of the electricity in that old radio knocked me across the room in a fraction of a second. I went back and I measured the voltage very carefully because I was quite intimidated by it. And it had 350 volts of electricity on it. And then I turned it off and I never touched that damn thing again. And over the years, I've been shocked by electricity so many times. I ended up working with high-powered television transmitters. My whole life I've been exposed to high-power electricity. High-power television broadcast transmitters. Our electric bill was $7,000 a month. There was so much electricity going through that transmitter. We used 32,000 volts, 32,000, and we ran it through a ceramic tube called an IOT that cost $27,000 each. 32,000 volts will kill you in a fraction of a second. And I'm, as a young kid, I'm working with this power, and I have to respect it. I have to respect it. Well, I tell you this because when my soul took me through the realm of consciousness, from 3D to source consciousness and back. I know that consciousness is logarithmic. In other words, it logarithmic is like the earthquake scale of, of 5.0 earthquake, a 6.0 earthquake, and a 7.0 earthquake are considerably different. Every time you go up a single digit, it's 10 times more powerful than the previous one. So six is 10 times more powerful than five, and seven is 10 times more powerful than six, which would be 100 times more powerful than five. So when I went through all those realms of consciousness, I was literally traversing the scale of power of consciousness. I was traversing the spectrum, the scale of consciousness that our human persona is a portal to. As you raise your consciousness, you're exponentially raising your power. 
The reason Jesus could heal the sick or manifest matter out of thin air or do the other miracles is because of his purity. Purity is the vehicle of power. If I load my psyche up with karma, I lower my vibration and I collapse my power. If I load up karma in my psyche, I'm diluting and polluting my power. I created the new human living platform to convey the reason I'm here. My life purpose on planet Earth is to put a Western language to describe in a Western vocabulary the power of consciousness and more specifically the power of human consciousness. The tagline to New Human Living is pure, authentic you. Pure, authentic you. As you purify your consciousness, you're literally moving towards the 5D consciousness. As you purify your consciousness, you're raising your personal power. Pure, authentic you. To purify yourself is to restore your power, to get your Christ consciousness reinstalled. Authenticity. What does authenticity have to do with? what we're talking about. Authenticity. In order for you to be sustainable, in other words, not crash the the cart, in order for you to sustain a powerful presence, a powerful persona, is for you to stay authentic. Well, perhaps what we should say is to first get to be authentic. Many, many people are not authentic and they don't spend any time even thinking about that, let alone accomplishing it. When you are authentic, you will not fatigue. You, it doesn't mean you won't get tired from hauling bricks all day, but you won't fall out of harmony with yourself. So you're sustainable over a long period of time. Authenticity. When you stay authentic to yourself, you do not accumulate disharmony at all. When we get sick, when we burn out, when all these things that challenge us isn't is a result of not being authentic to who we are. We talked about in the 50s, it seemed like there was one template of what life was about. And a lot of religions portray the righteous path as some kind of a template. where If we all behave this particular way, we'll all find favor with God. Well, that not how it's designed. Nobody on the planet can tell you how to be authentic with any kind of detail because authenticity comes from within you. I told you you had the best seat in the house. 
figure out what it means to be authentic to yourself. What do you authentically prefer? What do you authentically enjoy? Get clarity about that. Because the more authentic you become, the more resilient you become, the more sustainable you become. When you've awakened your consciousness, by purifying your consciousness, raising your personal power, you become the vehicle of the divine. Our mythology is loaded with Moses and Jesus and Krishna and Buddha and Gandhi, all physical bodies with the purity of consciousness authentically expressing themselves and thus changing the world. That's the new narrative. That's the new paradigm. You have the best seat in the house. The life path that your soul saw before you were even born, the purpose of your life that was decided before you were even born, is where you're going to find the most joy, the most satisfaction, the deepest sense of fulfillment by fulfilling your life purpose. As you get clear about what your life purpose is, as you become more authentic and you purify your personal energy persona, you become the vehicle of the divine. You, in the body you have right now, you have the best seat in the house. You have the best seat on the planet because it's through the body you have right now, this body the body you have right now, that's the vehicle for you to experience divinity in this lifetime. How cool is that? How cool is that? We have to heal our relationship with power. If you if you were raised in a religious dogma and for decades they said, well, you're a seeker and the big guy, the big God, God's the big shit. He's going to get it all done. If you've been told that for decades, you need to heal your relationship with God. If you're going to show up in a powerful way, you have to heal your relationship with divinity, with sovereignty. To have complete and total dominion over your life that you can show up in an authentic way. You want a reality check to see how you're doing? I recommend two books that I wrote. To Heal Your Relationship with God, Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior. Forgiven Sinner, once you forgive yourself, God's last savior. You won't need a savior. You will be the personification of that. To heal the the dogma programming of your relationship with God, forgiven sinner, God's last savior. To be able to show up in your life, the other book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, 
the new age of power. It's through the human persona that power will manifest itself on the planet. In order for your ego to be able to fulfill your soul's relationship with power, you have to teach your ego to become compatible with your soul. You need to demonstrate to show your ego how cool it is for the ego to let go and step back. This isn't automatic. To teach your ego to let go and step back and let your soul move into your everyday life. The embodiment of your soul. Citizen King, the New Age of Power. You want to do a checkup as, as to where you are in life? Those are are two books that will real, uh, really give you something to think about. They're fresh perspectives. I've interviewed hundreds of people, and there's, there's really, um, I don't know, I think you'll find the, the perspective fresh and tight. Uh, Hey, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for showing up for yourself. Here you are. You've listened to this episode. Your your mind perhaps is curious about your soul, your consciousness, the evolution of your consciousness, the role you have to play on this planet, the the mechanics, the of having a human body here on planet Earth. It's my life purpose to bring you shows like this and the hundreds of other shows we've had to help you awaken the power in you. You want to purify your persona, personal power fundamentals. It's a workbook to help you Purify your own personal energy. That's only available at newhumanliving.com. Well, enough. Time has flown by. We're at the end of the show. Again, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for for awakening yourself, for being curious, for showing up, for taking the steps, like listening to this episode, to grow who you are. For me, it's it's a deep pleasure. It's a it, it it's very rewarding for me to to help you in any way that I can. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Until next time. Thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at NewHumanLiving.com. Thanks for listening.